Hey everybody, Joe here from the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. If you enjoy what we do here on the show and you think it's worth your hard-earned money, you can support the show via Patreon. Just a $1 donation gets you access to bonus episodes, our Discord, and regular episodes before everybody else. If you donate at an elevated level, you get even more bonus content. A digital copy of my book, The Hooligans of Kandahar, and a sticker from our Teespring store. Our show will always be ad-free and is totally supporter-driven. We use that money to pay our bills, buy research materials that make this show possible, and support charities like the Kurdish Red Crescent, the Flint Water Fund, and the Halo Trust. Consider joining the Legion of the Old Crow today. And now back to the show. Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the Lines Up by Donkeys podcast. I'm Joe, and with me today is Liam and Francis. Francis, from what a hell of a way to die. Hello. The plug zone is on the back end. Uh, I don't care. (laughs) At this point, if if anybody listens to this podcast that doesn't know what your show is, it's going to be very weird. Um, Today is... It would be kind of funny, though. It would be be definitely funny. That's our only exposure to the Nate Bethay Extended Cinematic Universe. It's like, wait, Francis has a podcast? To be fair, yours is like one of the least political ones, so you probably have most normies listening. Uh, uh, you know, my my review fr- section on iTunes would strongly disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A bunch of freaks. The Patreon. Uh, here's why I'm quitting your Patreon. Uh, never look at those exit surveys. <laughs> no, I love them. I love oh, them. I never so do. Never look at those. No, it's great because one time somebody accused me of taking CIA money, um, and I wish that was true, uh, but. Yeah. I want to be clear. If the CIA comes knocking and has ten million for Liam, look. If the CIA went, swooped in, was just like, "Hey, I'll pay off literally all of your debt if you stop podcasting." Wouldn't be hard to uh, make that decision. So today we're uh, we're gonna do something a little different, um, and it's something that I, I think I've done once um, with the guys from Brigham Young Money, and that is I'm handing the reins of the show over to somebody else. Oh um, yeah. I've thought about doing this a few times, um, and I mostly don't because I'm a control freak, and I really enjoy hosting the show. Uh, well, anybody, anybody who's ever worked for for me or worked with me can attest to that fact. I I get some pretty weird texts. I, you know I what? You you end up on the you go back to the fucking content mines, or I'll go over to Pennsylvania and hit you with a stick. You're so far away. I am not afraid of you. Give me like 12 hours, some frequent flyer miles. Your brain doesn't work. It's I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But also because, you know, I'm in the process of researching two series right now, bonus stuff in grad school. So, you know, occasionally a week off is good. Um, from from the research mind. So this this week, um, Francis talked to me a little bit uh, a little bit ago. And he made a very good point, and that is a lot of people don't really know shit about uh, a lot of our Midwest, Western-esque states. I know Hawaii, or Hawaii, fuck it. Missouri is Midwest, but like... Tec- technically, there, there's arguments. Some people call it South, some people call it Midwest. I, I consider it Midwest because we have the gateway to the West, um, but, you know, the arch and whatnot. Did you, but- did you name it that? I did not. Uh, <laughs> no, that really comes down that. personally to Francis Horton. Yeah, back in 1963, I uh, erected the half half McDonald sign and called it the Gateway to the West. Uh, one day we'll we'll get the second one, and you'll be able to get some McDonald's. Um, but you know, most people don't know anything about like this area of the Civil War, really, right? Like everybody knows about 
I mean, some people know, especially if you're from the area, you're from Kansas or whatever, like you probably know where the name the blue or the was it the um Cal- the, the the Jayhawks, right? That's what yeah. they're called. The Jayhawkers, yep. Yeah, yeah the talk, people. Baby. Yeah, people probably if you're from the area, you probably know where those names come from. Um obviously I'm also a bit hazy uh on that. Granted, like I didn't study this shit um at all in school. They don't focus on this at all uh in, in American high school education, unless you're probably from the area. Uh you know, if you're from Michigan or Pennsylvania or whatever, you probably only learn about like the eastern part of the United States Civil War. I learned about bleeding Kansas. Joe. Well fuck you then. Okay. <laughs> uh not not in any sort of depth. And we didn't learn about like battles on the Mississippi or anything like that. So which are which are very interesting um, because there are you know they had Ironsides back then yeah. the first kind of river riverboat kind of uh, low in the ground, but it's funny when you look up some of them you're just like they're fighting over like I, it was just called Island Ten in the Mississippi River and you say cool where is that like oh it doesn't exist anymore um, the river as it does moves and changes and and so like there are entire like swaths of of uh, America that people fought and died to protect that no longer exist. And and I really, I'm really glad I'm out of the army and hope that I never have that happen to me. Like I was, I, I didn't, it wasn't until I read about things like that happening that I was just like, God, I could literally die for nothing. Um, and that is, that is just a horrifying thought. It's like one of the, one of the nice things about, um, like whenever you read history and like the battle of, I don't know, Hill two forty eight. like, Wow, uh, eight hundred people died over that. Cool, we couldn't even name it. Rad to or go up Verd- that hill. Verdun, what was it? One point. What's the fatality count from the first battle of Verdun? Oh, I mean, a, lot. a lot. Yeah, just, I know just it's a, a whole lot. lot. Yeah. yeah, it's like all right, these five square miles, million and a half dead, baby. Like, I bet it's really uh, well fertilized now, though. I, I think it's mostly uninhabitable from all the UXOs. But I might be wrong. <laughs> a lot of a lot of craters that are filled in with grass and poppies now. Um, so yeah, the, uh, I wanted to talk about civil war ish kind of in Missouri, but mostly I wanted to focus on, um, a, a rebel from Missouri that is kind of not necessarily a folk hero, but a folk legend. Uh, and that would be Jesse James. Uh, and, and if you don't know who Jesse James is, he's one of the many, um, wild west outlaws, but he's not not the biker. That's vaguely Nazi-esque that used to have a show on discovery channel. (laughs) I was married to Sandra Bullock for a while, I think. <laughs> Nor are we yeah. talking about Team Rocket from Pokemon. Um, oh, we well, are. Uh, well, I'm out. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and and just to to get my references out of the way, most of everything that I got comes from a book called Jesse James: Last Rebel of the Civil War by T.J. Styles. Um, and a lot of it's a very interesting book because it is centered around Jesse James, but Jesse James didn't really enter into the Civil War until like you know 1863, 1864 ish, and Everything kind of before that, though, was very pre-Civil War. Um, you know, there wasn't a Civil War happening in the 1850s, but there was a lot of murdering going on uh, between Missouri and Kansas. So um, with discussing Jesse James, we will also discuss a little bit of the Civil War. And then we're going to get into my favorite at the end, which is going to be the conspiracy theories surrounded by, surrounding Jesse James. So, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> nice. I hope. You two are are ready for some fucking shit here. I, I really want to know if Jesse James can melt steel beams. 
No, uh, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there because we'll get it's there. it's a very sideshow esque Missouri carnival carny kind of bullshit that the, that they try to pull here. So uh, Jesse James, born in uh, eighteen forty seven in Kearney, Missouri, um, grew up in Clay County, Missouri. I'm not going to use too many of the like areas of Missouri that are going to be difficult to you know figure out where they are. If you look at Missouri. On one side, on on the uh, western side is um, Kansas City. On the eastern side is St. Louis. Clay County is on the that western side. It butts up against where Kansas City is currently. So that's the the general area that we're going to be uh, talking about where a lot of these things happen. Though, of course, Civil War they go all over the fucking place because they're a bunch of Confederate guerrillas, and there's nothing better to do than ride around and kill uh, Union soldiers and whatnot. So uh, he was born to a preacher named Robert and a woman named Zerelda. Uh, Robert was a well-known, well-respected preacher. And uh, during the gold rush that was going on, like the, the area was kind of uh, lagging. And then everybody started going to, um, uh, to California to start mining gold and you know, working mines and shit like that, you know, find their fortune and everything. So he decided he was going to go and, you know, preach to the mine, the mine workers and, uh, and be out there. So he left Zerelda with uh, Jesse and uh, Jesse's older brother, Frank, and uh, then promptly died of cholera after about two months. <laughs> Hell yeah, just, bro. Just, it was like, no more, no more of these children. I'm going to go die now. A wild West speed run. It's, yeah. it's, you know, I, I think about how, like, you know, now I don't want to, like, leave my wife and kid alone, you know, just for for a week, like, at home while I go off and do, I you know, doing army stuff or doing back when I was in the army or doing anything. And this guy's just like, no, I'm going to leave for about a year and a half. Look it, no, I'm going to go preach. <laughs> right. For, for no, like, discernible reason other than I've just decided to do this. Um, Honey, I got to go. I caught the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's, well, which he also, also, which you may also know as cholera. Yeah, he caught the Holy <laughs> Spirit from drinking out of a well that somebody just pooped into. <laughs> <laughs> so um, once he was dead, of course, also during this time, everybody is in debt to somebody else. Um, so the debtors came calling, and this is you know the uh, about the uh, the eighteen fifties uh, or so uh, is what we're looking at. Um, Jesse is probably about four or five years old. There's a lot of uh, a lot of people. Basically, you have to start auctioning off the farm. Um, there was now there, there's going to be a lot of talk about how poor they are, but also how they have assets. Those assets were also known as slaves. Uh, oh, so they terrific. at times they were like they're close to destitution, but they held on to their slaves because it was like the one thing that they could like in a pinch sell. Um, now, also at this time, the most of the slaves are under the age of twelve. Uh, they just have a bunch of slave children that run around oh, and hang God. out with Jesse James. Yeah, so He's Jesse's running fun. around and just hanging out with other slave kids um, because that's they were other, the only other kids to play with, other than his older brother Frank. Um, so yeah, there's like kind of a weird, gross dynamic going on there. And uh, even after, uh, even after the Emancipation Proclamation, their eldest slave, uh, who I did not write her name down, but she she comes back and is just like, I have nowhere else to go. She, you know, uneducated black woman in the 1860s. What exactly else, you know, is there to do? She only knew the James family, so she ended up going back and uh, helping take care of them. So, uh, so, so there's a lot Ooh, of this is all big fucking vile. Terrific. It is. Oh, it's 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 incredibly disgusting. It is also the way things were at the time. 
Oh, I understand that. I'm just listen here. Listen, man, I'm here for color commentary. That's, that's what I was told. Yeah. All right. So, um, to to make ends meet, uh, what is a woman to do but to marry another man? Um, so she hooks up with a uh, older gentleman. Bit of a uh, you know an age gap, and Zarelda. Oh, no. that, that's yeah. a big age gap. I can already tell by the way you're, uh, you're voicing this. Yeah. Uh. Uh, well, it was an older widower. He was probably he was like in his fifties, and she was in her twenties. It's not like a gross child marriage uh. kind of thing. Well, at least oh, we got no, that man, for us. Yeah, hooray! We've already, yeah, we already have a low bar of child slavery, so I'm glad we've, we've skipped right over child marriage. Like, I'm glad we don't have to juggle that, too. Look, it was either this or sell her slaves, and Zerelda just wasn't all about that. Um, but, <sighs> or whore yeah. yourself out for money. Holy well, shit, dude. Well, but Zerelda never actually married this gentleman. She was with him for about a year, and they ended up getting separated because he did not like kids at all and wanted Jesse and Frank nowhere near him or in their house or anything. And so Zerelda's just like, yeah, I'm not going to just like send my my kids away. I, I like them. Um, my husband's dad is the only connection I have to my family. So, yeah, it's like I'm marrying you to help them, not marrying you to get rid of them. So, no, we're not going to do that. Um, second husband dies in a stagecoach accident about a year later, as one does in the 1800s. <laughs> they love doing it. <laughs> yeah, it. It was a real shame when their cousin died on an anvil landing on their head and they crushed down into <laughs> into a, a, a well, what's the musical instrument? Um, An accordion. Accordion, yeah, yeah. And then just bounced back and forth with a sign that said, ouch. He opens up his mouth and it's all piano keys. <laughs> really has an effect on a young man, you know, watching your father be crushed into a, into a skin accordion. So, uh, no, I, I take that back. She did marry, uh, she did marry uh, Benjamin in Ben Sims was his name, married him in 1952 or 1852. Um, 1855, she marries Dr. Reuben Samuel. She marries herself oh, a doctor, but this is an 18th century doctor. So that doesn't really mean much. And she's just like, you got to stop being a doctor and come be a farmer now. Yeah, doctors back then was more of like a, like an on the job like training situation. <laughs> kind of a janitor, really, more than anything else. Um, so he was studying medicine and uh, he was not a very strong-willed individual, which was kind of perfect for Zerelda, because at this point, she's kind of um, stopped giving a shit, uh, has decided that she is going to uh, survive her own way, and she's going to do it with uh, this gentleman's help or not. Um, and I got to say, Robert Samuel, for good or bad, you know, sticks with it all the way through. And uh, we're going to we're going to hear some, some some real fucked up things that happened to that poor man um, as he tried to not get killed. Uh, you know, he didn't know. He didn't know he was married into what would one day become a band of bloodthirsty scalping Confederate guerrillas. How is one supposed to know those things? That would make for a hell of a dating show. I'd watch that. That's the, the most cursed version of Tinder on Earth. Uh, like, go to come down to Scalper. <laughs> no E, just to scalp no with an e, R. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, do you guys, you guys have heard of the Missouri Compromise? Yes. Okay, do you yes. know what it is? Uh, Missouri gets uh, admitted the long as a and short of it, state. Yeah. yeah, it's basically Missouri got to be uh, come into the Union as a slave state while Maine came into the Union as a free state. Um, that was the st- that was just the way they did things because like America at the time is still struggling with uh, do we do we like slavery? Do we not? I don't know. Are we going to are we going to keep doing this? Uh, and, you know, uh, a lot of it was, you know, uh, Abe Lincoln was just like, look. 
I don't give a shit about the slave states, but we're not going to have any more. And that's really what kind of helped push the, uh, uh, the South to wanting to secede because they wanted to expand slavery and the, you know, you was, what, preserve the union at all costs. Right. Right. Um, uh, and, and I'm going to just say I'm a little asterisk here. Um, I'm sure that there's going to be some sort of civil war nerd that's going to start yelling at me. Um, I don't give a shit. So, um, whatever, whatever it is that you're upset about, um, you know, this is, this is Missouri civil war. I'm not talking about your battles of Lexington and, you know, in Kentucky and Gettysburg and guys with giant mutton chops making speeches. We're talking about like some brutal fucking shit that is happening all up and down the border. To be fair, Uh, there's probably some mutton chops floating around. I'm sure there was a lot of, um, all the pictures of Jesse James, no mutton chops, unfortunately. Uh, he was as fuck. The clean shaved man. At the day, being clean shaven would be awful. Yeah. Uh, those without beards are cowards. Now, <laughs> today, forever. As I mentioned before, we started talking. Um, Missouri uh, during during the Civil War was was pretty bad, but Missouri before the Civil War was in some ways even worse because uh, you had you know Kansas in. Uh, People moving to Kansas and Kansas being a, at the time, essentially free state, not really even a state at the time, but just it's a free territory, no slavery there. And then right on the other side, you have Missouri, which is a slave state. Um, back, you know, up in Clay County and those areas up there uh, in north um, northwestern Missouri, very farm heavy. Um you know, northern Missouri is very farm heavy. Southern Missouri is where the, all the Ozarks and the uh, the mountains and everything are. Um, that place actually uh, came to be known as Little Dixie because it was uh, a stronghold of Confederate sympathizers and slave owners. And I'm I'm not going to put like reason into. I'm not going to like push like this is why they did it. But I'm sure that like having Jayhawkers, um, which are anti-slave uh, guerrilla fighters come across the the border into Missouri and like light your shit on fire, uh, free your slaves and kill people um, probably didn't ingratiate the idea to those people. Now, I also want to point out, I am in no way saying that anybody is fault free for the things that they did here. However, there was a lot of, there was a lot of fucking people getting murdered by every side. By any and every side, there is there are even fucking Cherokee Confederates at one point that was led by a half Cherokee, half Scotsman, which is something that well, I'll have to dive into at some other point. But I, to- I think people are are confusing like people who they're they're picturing the Civil War as being very impersonal. Like when you see lines of infantry slugging it out at Gettysburg or fucking wherever, it's very much a state on state separatist civil war right but when yeah. you go to missouri it the politics of it kind of melt away and it's very personal uh and sure. I, I think that's how people like people need to view it a little bit differently yeah it like there, there's a lot of brutality in in the the civil war proper um but there's also at least some kind of it feels like there's some kind of respect for the other side for the dead of the other side probably why um you know, assuming they're white. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Possibly why, uh, lost cause and, um, reconstruction shit was, you know, took hold so quickly is they're like, you know, you may have lost, but you, you fought well because nobody wants to like, you know, be like, ah, look at you dumbasses, you fucking dipshit. <laughs> you a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would have done that, but, uh, you know, it they- is the right thing to do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Morally correct thing. Yes. 
Yeah. So uh, during this time of uh, of pro and anti slavery raids, you've got uh, pro slave Missourians uh, who were known as uh, bushwhackers crossed over the line to uh, Lawrence, Kansas, and uh, basically sacked the town, uh, went through killing people, uh, stealing stuff, burning things down. Uh, the direct response to that was the uh, Potawatomi Massacre, which is better known as the Raid on Harper's Ferry. So all of those, all of you people who have been excited about hearing about Harper's Ferry, here it is. And you've heard <laughs> about it. So, <laughs> uh, and after Jesus. that... Yeah. So um, Harper's Ferry, about five people, uh, you know, Brown and his his uh, group of uh, people, you know, kill about five, five people. And there's just basically this is just a lot of back and forth. You know, you've got Missourians, Missouri bushwhackers crossing over and, you know, killing Jayhawkers, Jayhawkers crossing back over. It's a lot of like those bastards they just came over here and did this. Let's go back and do the same thing to them. Uh, you know, that. um you know, eye for an eye leaves us all blind, and every motherfucker here was tired of seeing. Basically, so <laughs> <laughs> hey, if we if we if we all kill enough people, we're blind. We don't have to remember we live in Missouri and Kansas anymore. Exactly. Look, <laughs> the world has moved on from needing Missouri and Kansas. No more Missouri and Kansas anymore. <laughs> just just saw it and sink it into the ocean, and you know, let it be. Oh, we could have a new lake. Exactly, a Missouri-shaped lake. So, uh, war on the horizon in Missouri, but Missouri didn't really, um, Missouri being a slave state was not necessarily meant that it was a Confederate state. And there's going to be, there's a lot of argument back and forth on this, but what it boils down to is the governor and most of the governments of Missouri was pro Confederacy while most of the people were not. And this is during a time, like right now, if our, my governor, uh, Mike Parson decided that he wanted to be a secessionist. There's not a whole lot that I can do about that because, you know, just the, the, the way like, I can vote. Um, but apart from like, you know, creating some guerrilla force to go and like oust him, which would be very difficult because, you know, police and military and all kinds of things. You didn't have those kind of tight though. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have those problems back then. You just kind of showed up and you're like, fuck off. And uh, they would, you know, kick the government out, which is what happened. Um, they, oh, <laughs> yeah, they were just like, get the fuck out of here. And so for a while, Missouri was just kind of shut down um, for, for lack of a better term. But also this is, you know, there's not really much industrialization. This is a border city or uh, a border state at this point. Um, Kansas, like I said, isn't necessary, isn't really a state yet. And uh, there's not, uh, you know, there's just, there, there's a lot of massaging that, uh, that, that still needs to happen here. So Civil War starts up. Uh, there's a Brigadier General, uh, Nathaniel Lyon, who kind of came in. His idea was he was going to come in. This is in 1861. He was going to come in. He was going to capture the arsenal in St. Louis. How he did that was basically by massacring a shitload of people in the middle of the street, capturing an arsenal which had already been emptied, and he knew oh, it. Oh, that's embarrassing. But he knew it. Oh, he knew. What he was knew. the point then? Did you just want to kill some people in the street? I mean, like, if we all got our hobbies, but what yeah. was what was the end goal here? He was killing Confederates. Is, right. is what his withdrawn. It, yeah, withdrawn. And, <laughs> right. And and Lyon, you know, eventually pushed, uh, basically in the first uh, years of the war, just pushed the Confederacy for the most part out of Missouri. Now, 
This is because the Confederacy didn't really have any kind of foothold in Missouri. Um, and the, the Union generals at the time also were not putting up with any bullshit. This wasn't like a like, okay, everybody's, we're here, everybody, we're going to take care of everyone. It was, you know, you, you have slaves, go fuck yourself. I don't give a shit what happens to you. Um, we will forcibly evict you. We will make you move. We will, uh, anybody, uh, anybody who is pro Confederacy was just like, even, even if you just like, yeah, I think the Confederacy is all right. Straight to jail. Just (laughs) you're going to jail. You get the fuck out of here. Um, and also just a lot of very violent raids on Confederate sympathizer towns and cities. And despite, you know, despite the, the violence and the, uh, strictness of it, it kind of worked. But what it also did was it weeded out all of the, you know, the the rebels that didn't really have their heart set into it. And uh, the guys mm-hmm. who really fucking hated the union, those guys were just like, all right, that's fine. Let's go. Double down. Yeah. So eventually, and, and I'm going to give you, we're, we're going to start getting into Frank and Jesse James because Frank uh, ended up joining the the Confederacy. Um and uh, he was he was con- recruited by Confederate forces. He saw like one battle, and then he was captured while he was uh, in bed with measles, and they just sent him home. Basically, <laughs> Which, Ooh, don't want any of that. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of questionable decisions that are made about a lot of people doing war crimes. But I think every I think like once the dust settled, everybody was just like, "Did you?" And then I. You know what? Let's just move on. Let's not talk about anything that anybody did. Let's just call it even. Um, right. I you know I set your grandma on fire, but like that's all behind us. Also, you fucked my mom. So, you know. Technically not a war crime. It's a business transaction. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Frank James is basically sent home and uh, they have he has to sign a, a piece of paper that says, I promise to never do it again. Um, which <laughs> <laughs> Wait, promise to never fight for the Confederacy or get measles? Uh, can fight for the Confederacy. To, uh, basically, it was a loyalty pledge. Uh, and that's how people would have to pay $10 and sign a loyalty pledge to uh, get out of jail and go back to their farms, which if surprisingly did not work very often. Uh, it seems generally like a what it, promise shock. to stay out of a war. <laughs> Right. And, you know, this, you know, if you capture a Taliban guy and say, do you promise not to go be Taliban anymore? Do you think they're going to be like, ah, oh, you got me. Yeah, I signed the piece of paper. I guess I mean, uh, my word in is my essence, bond. We did that, right? Like, <laughs> would, would, would we really would we release? Not saying we shouldn't have released people from Gitmo. We should release more people from Gitmo. But like, it was pretty much like you can't go and do terrorism. They're like, yeah, OK. And now one of them's like the foreign minister for the Taliban. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's that. Uh, that's reaping what we sow. That's all that, it is. That's a glow up is what that is. That may that man spent his time in prison hitting the books and got got out and immediately got promoted <laughs> just in their studying law <laughs> yeah I, I really want to test for the foreign ministry oh foreign minister made it so um during the civil war jesse james is still like even for like civil war child soldier standards is still kind of too young um he's about 14 at the time and he's also like the youngest of zerelda uh, and you know and zerelda and uh ruben end up having a couple of other kids but you know uh frank and jesse are her original boys from uh from their original father so he uh, he stayed at home, but what they had him do is uh, fill revolvers because you know revolvers took a little bit more than you know slap the the uh, the round in the chamber and close the thing. You had to put powder, put wax, a ball, all kinds of things. So uh, 
a lot of times you would see these uh, these gorillas at the time who would have the, uh, what was called a gorilla shirt, and it was a shirt that had six holsters in it. So Hell you would yeah, run, yeah. you would run into battle, <laughs> shoot your uh, shoot your guns dry, and drop them like fucking El Wait, Duce. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I was just about to <laughs> yeah. say he's fucking he's Wild New West York El Duce. Well, and and to be fair, all of them are. Um, this is the, this is outstanding. Yeah, because that was because revolver like everybody else is shooting the um uh the the muskets which take you can maybe get around a minute minute and a half depending uh you yes. gotta pour the stuff you yeah. gotta pour the thing you gotta rent but this is just like look if I have six six shot revolvers that's thirty six rounds that I can shoot off and you know they're single action you got to pull a hammer back but that's it like it's it's not a uh, it's not a whole lot of uh, uh of action that has to go into it and you can just Toss them to the side. We'll get more revolvers off of dead people later. It's no problem. It was uh, much like Missouri today. Uh, Missouri back then was a wash with guns. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, you're uh, a Final Fantasy. You kill someone, you have to loot the corpse. Exactly. Uh, but it's, it's, it's revolvers all the way. Revolvers and, I don't know, cholera, because you got too close to them. <laughs> you do have cholera. Everybody has a low case of cholera at this it's time. It's a baseline that you're at least suffering from typhus. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, Frank almost died of measles and managed to to get out of it. (laughs) To be fair, that could also happen in like, I don't know, San Francisco in 2021. Mm -hmm. So um, Frank, uh, you know, kind of gets back with um, gets back with the Confederate forces because there is a finally there is like an actual Confederate presence in Missouri. Um, They understand that they do have some strongholds. They're led by this guy named General Price. Now, um, not going to talk too much about price because uh, he doesn't matter. Um, but we will talk about uh, one of his captains, Quantrell, and one of Quantrell's lieutenants, uh, Bloody Bill Anderson. So uh, Quantrell's raiders uh, were a just a, a band of fucking Confederate assholes. They were guerrilla fighters. They did not do like you know force on force kind of conflict. It was a come in, hit, burn things, take what you can, and get the fuck out. Didn't matter if it was Union forces or Union. Uh, or, or a uh, a northern uh, sympathizing town, just uh, fucking go in and, and get whatever. So, what, why fight fair when you can fight with a trench coat full of revolvers? If <laughs> I ask you, <laughs> I mean, if I saw, if I was like a soldier in the Union and uh, and I saw somebody with a shirt with six revolvers, I'm just thinking, how do I nope. get in on that? I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm just thinking uh, how fucking heavy is that shirt? Cause revolvers back oh, then were shit, beasts. Yeah. yeah. They were, they were heavy motherfuckers, but they were also all on horseback. So it kind of mm. helped oh, okay. to not have to run, you know, the, these, uh, the, the guerrilla forces were never foot forces, uh, at least not if they could help it because you had to be fit. You had to get in and get out. So it was always small bands um, or, you know, a medium sized fire team or whatever that would go in, hit and then come back out. So Union forces know about Quantrell. They know about Quantrell's Raiders and they're not happy about it. And they know uh, that there are certain people who are involved in it, much like the uh, the James gang. Well, not the James. I'm sorry, not the James gang yet, but the James family. Uh, Zerelda, the mom, has basically turned into um, a fucking firebrand confederate. She, oh, cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. She is a firebrand um, confederate. She fucking hates the Union. She ha- Because the Union has basically just kept showing up and, and, uh, and fucking everything up. Out. Right. Which, to be fair, they own slaves. So, you know, I kind of get it. Yeah. So whatever happens, it happens to you. Right. 
Yeah. So Union forces end up catching up with Zerelda at the farm. Um, they're looking for because uh, Quantrell and his raiders know that the uh, the the James farm is a place that they can basically camp out in the woods and not be bothered. They're protected there. Uh, they're in this little Dixie area. So um, Union forces say fuck that. They come in. They find uh, they find the farm and they're you know okay where are they? Uh, of course nobody wants to talk. Um, and then, so the Union forces grab Reuben, um, and they put a rope around his neck, and they hang him. Now, they do not hang him to death. They hang him, and they say, do you remember where they are now? And he says, yes, yes, please stop hanging me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as, yeah, of course. As, yeah, as one does. We've, I think we've talked about this a couple of times on the show. It's like, you only have to threaten me with torture. I'll cave immediately. Yeah, I'm a right. bitch. Let, as soon as the, the rope was produced, I would be like, yeah, they're over here. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, the Union forces uh, go in, uh, they, they catch the, the rebels unaware and basically chase them for multiple miles through the woods. Uh, well, not through the woods. Th- this is um, not a hugely wooded area, um, but it is, you know, like I said, it is more farmland and everything, but they end up having to like run for miles and miles and miles to escape the union forces and eventually uh, take a skiff across the Missouri river to, uh, to get away. So, Quantrell's raiders end up kind of getting back together and uh, they have decided that what they are going to do is they're going to do another raid on Lawrence, Kansas. And uh, this one is Frank James is known to have been there, but Jesse is not. So Jesse hasn't Jesse has seen a lot of violence, but he hasn't really partaken in a lot of violence yet. Um, But the raiding party in Lawrence was uh, the murder of 150 people. Um, men, men and boys. And the thing, the real big thing about the ra- the this massacre in Lawrence was it is the first massacre that was done that was not race related. White people were killing white people and other white people were very confused and scared by that. Um, because usually when there's a riot, it's a race riot. Either black people are killing white people or white people are killing black people. White people are never killing white people. So, um, they call that progress King. (laughs) (laughs) This is, this is what the woke left wants. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's my, it's my AK that just says, how's this for so, so much for the tolerant left. I always wanted to do that. So, uh, back end of the Civil War, uh, the late 1863, early 1864, Jesse James is brought in at the age of 16. His, uh, his mom sews him uh, the gorilla shirt, also known as a bushwhacker shirt, because they were called bushwhackers. Um, and he joins uh, Bill Anderson, um, also Dad? known as... Yeah, not, not quite. <laughs> Terrified. <laughs> No, dad died of cholera. His dads now are just like brutal murderers. No, um, my dad's name is Bill Anderson Francis. The, oh, okay. Was, yeah. The the, the the famous Jewish Confederate gorilla. <laughs> hey, man. Secretary of the Treasury for the Confederacy was a Jewish man. One of our That's greatest shames. Really, really leaning into it there. Huh? <laughs> that was incredibly disappointing. So, um, yeah, he starts writing with, uh, with Bill Anderson. Um, and there's a really interesting quote from Frank James because um, the – the group that's under uh, Bloody Bill, pretty much everybody is under the age of 25. Um, and the quote from Frank is, if you ever want to pick a company to do desperate work, select men from 17 to 21. Uh, which also goes along, uh, I don't know if you know this book, Rumor of War by Philip Caputo. 
which is uh, where he says, before you leave her, sir, you're going to learn that the most brutal thing in the world is your average 19 year old American boy. Um, and, and Joe, I think you and I can both agree on, uh, on that one to, to an extent. Pretty much any, like, uh, obviously I've quit in, in response to this. Yeah. Uh, but also like you know, teenagers in general, uh, will do oh, yeah. horrific acts of violence if given encouragement because their brain doesn't tell them it's wrong yet. And right. not to mention they have like, they have the tactic support of a state aperture behind them that says like, no, no, it's fine. Yeah, what you're doing, what you're doing is good, and for the betterment of Missouri, it's it's really easy to uh, do stuff when you've already decided that whatever ends justifies the means. So right, yeah, yeah. So uh, the as I've mentioned before, one of the biggest problems is that everybody on both sides are huge assholes. Um, the Missouri, the the Union forces are usually people that everybody else knows. They're from like a county or two over. Uh, they had no problem with getting plenty of people to come in and do all of this stuff because the Missourians hated the fucking Confederacy. So yeah, so the uh, a lot of uh, a lot of just murder going on over all over the place. September twenty third, eighteen sixty four, uh, Bloody Bill leads what is called the Centralia Massacre, which is twenty four unarmed Union soldiers were dragged off of a plane uh, off of a train. Murdered, um, scalped, uh, and then the Jesus. entire town sacked. Yeah, there's a lot of scalping that goes on. That uh, seems unnecessary. And, and and at one point, like um, Bill Anderson was meeting like a state senator who was just like very like into like yeah yeah it's really great what you're doing out here for the Confederacy. But he's like, I will not meet with you until you get rid of the scalps on your fucking horse, though, because what the fuck? That's gross, yeah. man. You yeah, uh, you, you smell like a corpse, cholera. like. You know, I, I do a lot of thinking about, you know, because it's uh, Monday was Columbus Day. So a lot of people are doing the whole like, well, you can't judge them. You know, you can't judge the people of that time by what was going on at this or time. Can. Shut up. Yeah. And also, <laughs> no, people knew that scalping people was bad. Like, yeah. there, there's that's, no that's not a thing we have to have, like, philosophical texts on. Well, not to mention that's the point, right? It's the terror. Yeah. Um, it, it's the same reason why people get beheaded, right? Like, obviously, people sprinkle religion on it, but like, the true reason is it's horrifying and terrible and it makes you fear the people that you're fighting. Like, same reason why snipers are important. It's not because they're actually super, like, tactically important. It's that they're fucking terrifying. Yeah. At any point in time, you may die. And, yeah. and to know you can't do anything, there's nothing that you can ever do, just you might be standing there and then you're dead. Right. That's fucked up. And this one is like, you know, uh, if, if I get captured, you know, I'm going to die and I'm going to die horribly and all of these other like that's that's the point. It's not they weren't like collecting these to fucking sell them. So uh, at the at the time. So also after the massacre of Centralia was the Battle of Centralia, where the Union soldiers have decided that they have had enough of this. Uh, Centralia is in Missouri and uh, they Union forces roll up on the Confederates and the Union forces get the shit kicked out of them. Um, 123 Union uh, dead versus three Confederate. Holy shit. The oh, Union. did that happen? Union. So they had they, the Confederates were just in really good positions. Like they, they had the town. So they were able to, you know, build, they were able to barricade themselves before uh, <laughs> before they showed up. Urban so, warfare sucks now. Imagine if you had to reload after every shot. Yeah, no, thanks. Well, the Union soldiers decided to take that uh, 
uh, take that aggression out on literally every Confederate uh, sympathizer or civilian that they found and just murdered the shit out of a whole bunch of people. So that's kind of what I assumed was going to happen next. Yep. yep. As you do. So the James brothers are riding around with uh, Bloody Bill, who's, like I said, under Quantrell. Um, Bloody Bill Anderson uh, dies during a skirmish with Union forces, um, Sorry, basically. Um, you know, it's it's one of the it's one of those things where they're the the guerrilla attack that they would do uh, is they would start in a slow trot uh, and then start their you know rebel yell and then run through hit and then run back and then start to you know uh, if if they had set up an ambush they would have they would draw union forces into ambushes if uh, or they would just escape so. At this point, they were doing that. Uh, they realized that the gunfire they were coming across, coming at was a lot heavier than they were expecting. So pretty much everybody else peeled off except for Bill and one other guy who got gunned down. Um, Bill Anderson was 24 uh, years old when he died. So he packed a, he packed a lot into, uh, into, into the shit here. Yeah. How old are the James brothers at this point? Uh, so Jesse is probably about 17. Uh, Frank was about three or four years older. Um, Jesus. Yeah. 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 This, there's, there's a lot, there, there's a lot of just young people killed. Like Quantrell didn't Quantrell died in 1865. He was 27. Like, Holy shit, and, dude. yeah. And he died. He died after the civil war was over. Like he was still fighting. He died in May. I think, uh, the, uh, that was like a month after, the civil war officially like the Confederates officially surrendered because the fuck else are these guys got going on with, you know, what are they going to do? Um, but Quantrell died mostly also because, uh, there was a lot of infighting in his groups. They kept splintering into smaller and smaller groups. And, uh, eventually just, he had too small of a group. He didn't have the backup he needed and he got shot, you know, which is not surprising. Um, yeah, that's how these guys are always going to end. Yeah, it's they they were never going to die at the at the end of a noose. Uh they were always going to get gunned down in battle and that's, you know, kind of where kind of what they wanted to do. And Bill Anderson, like Bill would have been the one that people in Missouri know if he had not, you know, died as early as he did. So, I'm sorry, he died at the age of 23 and Jesse James at this point is about 17. So, you've got this is this is like the Confederacy is just run by children, uh, you know, at this point. <laughs> All right. So um, Jesse James and a few other people were trying to give themselves up um, because you got basically clemency. Uh, you were if as long as you came and you said, yes, I'm going to stop fighting. I'm going to lay down my arms and uh, I'm going to you know be be done with these things. I promise uh, that once again, I will stop being a Confederate. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I so he's a paper that says my bad and everything. <laughs> Yeah, so the uh, he he's turning himself into Lexington in, in at Lexington, and uh, he comes across uh, like just some Union soldiers. Uh, there are conflicting reports, as there usually are with things like this. Uh, some sign. some say that he was that Jesse uh, was running away from uh, like he had just done a hit and he was running away and then doing the like shit they're coming after me. They're coming after us, but we're near Lexington, so let's go give ourselves up, and they won't kill us. Uh, some say that he had a white flag that he was, you know, bringing to to surrender. Whatever happened, um, he got shot. Uh, and and I have to say, also, I apologize because this is actually the second, no, third time he's been shot. Um, <laughs> Patrick, baby, he did it. <laughs> yeah, it takes multiple times. It, it takes multiple bullets to uh, to kill Jesse James. So. Uh, 
yeah, the first time he was shot, it was a, in an out wound and he was kind of, he was fine. And, you know, a couple of basically a month, this one, uh, he got shot in the chest, uh, while trying to give himself up and it took, um, more than a year to really convalesce from that. Some of the other gunshot wounds that he got, one of them was a self-inflicted one by accident. Uh, while he was, <laughs> he shot off, he shot off one of his fingers, uh, while loading revolvers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, say He had one job. That was it. Like, great. He was a child, I guess. But like, I guess this is your lesson. Don't let your kid be your fucking revolver squire. Yeah. Or, well, I mean, not back then when, you know, everything was very volatile and blew up constantly. He also got shot during uh, another raid. But like I said, it was one of the, it was an in and out and he was fine. Um, they were, they did that. Like, is he going to live? I don't know. Maybe. And then he did. But the second time that he got shot, not only did it take like, you know, a year for him to really properly uh, convalesce from it, but this is where the Jesse James, like uh, mythos really starts because as I said, there's conflicting stories about what happened, but the story that went out and about to everybody was Jesse James was, you know, Confederates are trying to lay down their arms, you know, and, and do this gracious losing and union soldiers still shot him. Now keep in mind, these are people that were literally murdering and scalping people. So fuck them. Um, first right, off, right. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't give a shit. Like, okay, you, you want to surrender. Technically what the union forces did would be considered a war crime. If they're like surrender, no, fuck you. I'm going to shoot you. But also you can kind of understand it because they probably had friends that were literally scalped. They may have been looking at the scalps of people they knew, um, on, right. on their horses. Like, like this is a very regional war, man. Like the, these guys are fighting people from a County, like, or like a couple of streets down, probably in a lot of cases, like they know, someone who had their house fucking torched to like fuck these guys. Yeah. And, but everybody's had a house torched by one side or the other. And you know, there's just <laughs> amongst us. Yeah. Everybody, everybody has been fucked by this war and now the war is over. So it seemed for a minute that maybe Jesse James was going to, uh, you know, settle down a little bit. Um, his uh, his cousin, who was also named Zerelda, um, was taking care of him during his conversation. <laughs> is this a common name? What no, is Zerelda a common name? She was named... Zerelda, the, Zerelda, the cousin, was named after the mom because everybody loved the mom because she was, you know, such a Confederate sympathizer and everybody loved the Confederacy. But also, he ends up marrying her and having kids with her. So there's probably, a, like lot of, there's probably a lot of psychology going on there that uh, oh, I don't... Boy. I don't. I don't have the degrees Step to go bro, what into. What are you doing? My cousin's named after my mom, and now she's my wife. <laughs> they have kids. There are Jesse James descendants from that uh, that first cousin. Oh, I have no doubt. Yeah. So, um, but you know what? These guys, they just they can't they can't let a good war end. Um, and since they didn't have violent, they didn't have a war that was there for them to do. Uh, they had to find violence in their own ways. So that's when they just decided we're going to start robbing banks and shit. Um, I'm not going to tell you every single bank and carriage and train and whatnot that got hit. Um, It's not that important. Not all of them are all that important, but also not all of them are um, confirmed. Jesse James or Frank James was there. Sometimes they're like, you know, conflicting reports like there, this, Train was hit, but at the time there were reports that the James brothers were in like Kentucky or something. And then there's times there's like it was the train was hit. Um, we don't know where they were at the time, so like there's no con- confirmation of where they were, so they probably were there. So there's and not to mention a lot of this is clout shit. We're like, yeah, of course that was me. Yeah, 
Um, everybody, or, you know, everybody wanted to uh, to to have a part of the the, the James gang. So they decided to uh, rob the Clay County Savings Association. Now, the book that I read uh, on this. It's a book ostensibly about Jesse James, but good Lord, was there about four or five pages about how banking worked before and after the Civil War. So, and I'm not really going to get into that, but I am going to say that um, they were they were knocking over banks and uh, stealing stuff that was not necessarily money, but like certificates and coins and precious metals and things like that. So, you know, Pokemon cards. Exactly. You better hope that that shit was insured because the FDIC didn't exist yet. Oh, we're going to get to that because Jesse James running out, shoving uh, a rare copy of Exodia, the forbidden one into his pocket. Yeah. So also at this time, there is a former Confederate soldier by the name of John Edwards who uh, starts printing stories about like all of these uh, great and wonderful people. Um, There's a book called Noted Gorillas, which you can find on Google Books if you really want to read through it. And it's um, basically a uh, like a dime store novel kind of stuff about how great these Confederates are. And, you know, even after the (laughs) war, all these great and wonderful things that are doing. And a lot of them revolved around Jesse James because. Uh, Anderson was dead. Quantrell was dead. Frank really wasn't leading at the time. It was. It seemed like it was kind of around Jesse. Um, and they also started to build up their gang. So the the James brothers, their gang was known as the James Younger Gang because uh, there was a, another Cole Younger who was a member of Bloody Bill's uh, Raiders and whatnot. They're like, hey, do you want to keep killing people? Yeah, sure. Why not? I know one thing and I'm good at it. Yeah. So the Clay County um, Savings Association was knocked over. It is the first daylight um, robbery of a bank during peacetime. So, you know, we're, we're, we're setting records here. We're, we're breaking new grounds. I mean, mostly because that seems like a really bad idea, right? Like so brazen. Yeah. Yeah. But also like, but who's going to stop you, I guess. Yeah. So this is Clay County, which is, which was, pro-confederate but the bank is owned by a unionist which is why they had no problem stealing from it um and okay and there's a lot of reports that like some of the robberies some of the daytime robberies they would be hamming it up for the crowd like just to be like yeah (laughs) look how fucking cool we are yeah it's you know toss a couple coins to the kids or whatnot you know you're fucking tight five in on up on stage exactly you know it's just like hey the raiders aren't going to be here for a minute what's the deal with hard tech (laughs) yeah so um, they're they're going they're going they're they're really going through a lot of stuff uh, when it comes to robberies. Um, they're like I said, they're hitting trains, they're uh, hitting stagecoaches. Some of them are attacks of opportunity, just like oh, somebody, you know, a train is going through. Let's uh, you know, let's knock it over. Uh, some of them were well planned out. The way that they would uh, get the trains is they would you know go to the track and tear the tracks up basically, so that the train engineer would see it and hit the brakes on it, and then they they jump on. Now, a lot of times when they would rob trains, they wouldn't rob the passengers. The first time they did, they robbed the passengers, and actually like during um during Jesse James's autopsy uh and going through personal artifacts they found a watch that he'd stolen from that first uh that first robbery on him so yeah some <laughs> some sentimental value i guess it's like oh this is from my first first time we knocked over a train 
Daddy's first train robbery. Yeah, but what they were really targeting were um, these things called Express Safes. So Express was a uh, a company that helped move money back and forth, and they put them on they put safes on these trains and chucked them in the back, uh, you know, in the caboose or whatever. So a lot of times the the, uh, the gang was stopping these trains and the. They would just like, we don't have time for the passengers. Fuck all that noise. Go get the safe, blow it, get whatever is in there and get it out. Now, Liam, you mentioned the FDIC. Um, You're correct. There is no FDIC going on uh, at the time. Um, But what there are is the Pinkertons. Yep. Oh, boo. Hey, the guy was an abolitionist. So 1974, the Express Company hires Pinkertons to... Please note, I am not endorsing the Pinkertons. <laughs> Although he, he, did, he did fund John Brown, fun fact. Noted he sponsor of this podcast, the Pinkertons. Look, the Pinkertons, um, they, they're, they're like a hammer, man. They, it's, whichever arm is swinging it is the, is the real problem. Total wackadoodle. Exactly. So the, uh, the Express Company hires the Pinkertons. They're like, you, got, you guys got to stop all this. So there's two attempts that the Pinkertons make. The first one is this man named Joseph Witcher. Uh, his plan was he was going to travel to Missouri and start working as a farmhand on the James um, on the James farm. His plan was like, I'm going to get in close with them. I'm going to uh, you know talk to the family, uh, become good with them, and then I'm going to capture them and bring them in. Now, now everybody <laughs> the long con right? He's, he's, this is basically like a month and a month in planning. Now, people who were familiar with uh, Joseph Witcher and knew he was a Pinkerton and who knew the James gang were like, you are going to die. There's absolutely no way that, that you're going to pull this off. You're going to die. <laughs> Most likely, Zerelda herself will kill you Like as soon as you step up there. Um, and he's like, no, man, I got this. I've got this. I'm going to go in. I've got a plan. They're never going to know it's me. John Witcher was found the next morning with three bullets in his back. Hey, nobody can say he wasn't fucking warned about it. All right. He was warned so many times. So the the second attempt that the Pinkertons made um, was they basically like six of them surrounded the the house uh, that that Zerelda was in. And uh, they threw an incendiary device in there into the house. Now, uh, like I said, Jesse and Frank were, you know, uh, Zerelda's original boys from uh, from their, you know, uh, her first husband. But she did have other kids. So the Pinkertons throw this incendiary device into the house. And the the youngest, uh, the youngest boy in there, um, who was uh, Jesse's half brother, is like, oh, he thought it was like a stick that came out of the fire. So he just picked it up and chucked it into the fire and it exploded. It killed, oh, Jesus. killed the kid uh, and blew off one of Zerelda's arms. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, who's really letting these people around assass- these things? Like the, really one imprecise of, assassination attempts. One, one of these guys shot off their own fucking finger. And they're like, let's play catch the dynamite. There's a lot of very questionable like the, like ideas that are going on here that I don't understand and I don't really know what they're doing. I, I assume there's a baseline level of drunkenness we're probably ignoring. Like, from the yeah. Pinkertons Just, or from the James gang? From the James yes. game. They don't from really the talk game. about uh, the book. Didn't really talk about drinking, like um, if there was. And I feel like if that they that it would that if that was a part of what they were doing. Like I'm sure there was, you know, some drinking, but I feel like the violence they were doing was a completely sober decision. 
Oh, probably. I just think that I just think it's um, probably likely that everybody's operating under some level of drunkenness because it was you know common for the time for water to not be around all that often. Right, and when it was, it was full of cholera. Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> America's America's favorite. After this second attempt, um, basically, like Missouri was like the people of Missouri were very upset um, that Pinkertons kept trying to do this shit. And so uh, Missouri nearly uh, passed an amnesty uh, thing for the James brothers to just be like, no, you guys, nobody like, you know, they they got away with it because of the because it was war once upon a time. But you're not going to get away with that anymore. Right. You'd hope not. Right. But Missouri State was just like, no, we want to give them amnesty. It was barely defeated. So technically, they still were outlaws, but they enjoyed a lot of protection around where they were. So especially after the uh, after the that second Pinkerton raid. Now, in 1876, there's a robbery of the First National Bank in Northfield, Minnesota. It is a bank robbery that does not go well. And the only ones left alive are Frank and Jesse. Uh, they head back to St. Joseph, Missouri, which is uh, north northwestern uh, Missouri, which is kind of where Cole County is or uh, sorry, Clay County is and everything. And they're just like and the, the, they got to take a break. They got to slow down. But also they are still haunted, uh, hunted men. So they had some newer members of their gang, um, the Ford brothers. Um, we have Robert and uh, Charlie Ford. And they're like, look, you guys come live with us. Keep us safe. Um, we want to make sure that we don't get gunned down by some dumbass. Um, <laughs> I, uh, just let me wait. guess one of these dumbasses ends up getting him down. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Robert, yes. Robert Ford decides that he wants the $10,000 bounty and kind of figures at this point it's probably going to be pretty easy to get because there's really not much of a gang left. There's not a whole lot of protection. So, um, you know, on... Just the, a, a, a fateful day in, uh, sorry, what, let me find my, uh, April 3rd, 1882. Uh, Jesse James is sitting at the farmhouse and he's reading the newspaper and he sees in the newspaper that like one of his former gang was uh, like one of the last of his former gang was captured and was being pumped for information. And he's just like, why did the, uh, the Ford brothers not tell me about this? And that's when he kind of turned around and saw Robert Ford standing there. And was just like, oh, and that's why I don't I don't know why this happened. I don't know what was going through uh, Jesse James, uh, Jesse James's head. But certainly the next thing that was going through it was a bullet Um, (laughs) because what he did was Jesse James pulled his revolvers out and put them down um, on a table. And then he got on a stepladder with his back to, to to Robert Ford and was straightening out a picture and then just Robert Ford came up and popped him in the back of the head, shot him down. Um, and, uh, you know, killed him. Uh, one shot. It took, it took four gunshots to kill Jesse James. Uh, but eventually one of them found his brain and, uh, took it out. So, um, I don't know if you guys have seen, uh, the movie, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward, Robert Ford. That is what I was 
I, I have seen this movie. It was a really long time ago. And as you started introducing the Fords, it's like, fuck, Robert Ford. That name is yep. Yep. very familiar. And I couldn't remember the movie, despite the fact that I saw it. Like, it's a really good movie. Because the title is so goddamn long. It's a, it's a good movie. It's a very long movie. Brad Pitt plays Jesse James. And it's really more a movie about the Fords than it is about Jesse James, which I thought was always interesting because what happens after that one um robert ford is put in jail and tried for murder um because he murdered somebody um but he's immediately like the the governor at the time of missouri said nope pardoned you're you're out of there and there was a lot of uh people that thought that the reason why jesse james was was pardoned was or that robert ford was pardoned was because the the governor was in on the uh, the assassination that's not necessarily that, that that's not confirmed but that's just you know some of the rumor mill that was uh, that was going around at the time. I mean, it could certainly be like, oh, thank God, someone finally took care of this shit. Yeah, have a pardon. Like, I mean, he tried to collect the bounty, but he shot a man in the fucking back of the head. Like, that's just murder. Yeah, he he then <laughs> Robert Ford then like goes on a uh, a tour around like New York uh, to different play to different stages, um, re uh, well, replaying the uh, the the whole thing like basically a stage oh, Jesus. basically yeah. a stage play of how I killed Jesse James um, Wait, have you ever seen the documentary the act of killing no I haven't they literally do that um, they have uh, torturers and executioners I want to say for Suharto um, I might be wrong on, on I think you're yes uh, reenact how they tortured and killed people yeah. and like it's it's legitimately one of the darkest fucking documentaries I think that exists that ever could exist and this guy just did it for like dimes. For money. <laughs> he was, he was, you know, he got. Um, it wasn't like on the side on the road. He wasn't busking this or anything. He was getting, you know, uh, standing on the corner and pretending to shoot his brother. Asking <laughs> <laughs> how I killed Jesse James. We'll reenact. Yeah. Then you uh, put money into one of the uh, the six um, holsters in uh, in his yeah. shirt. <laughs> also, it's it's a weird flex, right? Because like you're admitting that. When uh, you took down, because you're bragging that you took down this guy, right? Like, I am the man that killed Jesse James. Like, yeah, but you admitted you shot him in the back like a pussy. Four times. Like, <laughs> yeah, which which ended up, like, not working out because people were just like, yeah, go fuck yourself. You shot him in the back of the head. Nobody's impressed by you. <laughs> yeah, nobody's <laughs> impressed by this. You shot him in the head. Yeah, so Robert Ford uh, eventually, um, you know, kind of bounces around. Uh, he's... He finds some success as a saloon keeper um, by you know, building saloons out in uh, like Colorado, you know, just places to drink out in the new areas. Um, he was gunned down in a tent saloon that he was operating in 1892. Um, Edward O'Kelly is the person who shot him. He gave absolutely no reason as to why he shot him. Felt like it. I, he just showed up and said, hello, Robert, and then put two uh, shotgun barrels into his chest. Uh, Your Honor, I would like to uh, enter this evidence of uh, fuck that guy. Yeah, so Uh, in 10 years, uh, Edward Kelly was sentenced to life in jail, but uh, got a pardon in 1902 uh, for medical reasons. Uh, Charlie Ford took his own life after uh, being addicted to opium really bad and also having tuberculosis. Um, The only one that really makes it out is uh, Frank James, who turns himself into the Missouri governor, spent like three weeks in jail and then was acquitted of all charges and then just left to do whatever he wanted until his death in, in 1915 at the age of 72. So are you guys ready for for some conspiracy? 
Absolutely. Yes. Uh, let, let me guess one. Let me guess one. Um, he was an agent of the Pinkertons or something. No, no, nothing. Oh, he was it. secretly a union uh, man. The CIA hadn't been invented yet, so I'm not sure what to say. This is more carny shit than anything else. So <laughs> he was trying to shoot his hat off. In in Missouri, we have Missouri has a lot of caves underneath it. Um, and we have what we are called show caves, which is basically somebody goes in and they make a cave to where people can walk in it and, you know, see slag ties, slag mites. They put, you know, walkways and shit like that. And, you know, a cave that you can comfortably go into without having to, you know, be terrified, crushing yourself under the earth. Um, so there's one that's near us in St. Louis called Merrimack Caverns. Merrimack Caverns is probably one of the oldest uh, ones that we have here. Um, I, I, it's been a, been a few years since I've been there, but uh, I really enjoy going there. And it's been uh, in operation for for more for about a hundred years, I think. So um, there's two things that uh, this uh, that Merrimack Caverns likes to claim. One of the things they like to claim is that Jesse and Frank James um, came to this cave and hid out in the cave and split their loot up. And there is on the tour of in this cave, there is a place called Loot Rock. And at Loot Rock, if you look it up, Merrimack Caverns Loot Rock, you will see this terrible picture of these two like dudes because they're like, we found, you know, we found uh, a couple of gold coins. We found a rusty uh, lantern and we found these other things here. So obviously the James gang came here and, uh, and, and split up their money. So they have these irrefutable evidence. Yeah. Never mind that before you even go into that area, they talk about how like that entire chamber was flooded with water um, and they had to pump all the water out to, uh, to make it walkable. Wait, wait, maybe Jesse James is like Kevin Costner from Waterworld. He has gills. Uh, hopefully this story was better than that one. Now, <laughs> there's there's also um, this thing called uh, that's owned and operated by the uh, the people who own Merrimack Caverns. It's called the Jesse James Wax Museum, which we call oh, wow. the Jesse James is Alive Museum because the conspiracy theory that it pushes is that Jesse James was never killed. He what? Yeah, he was he faked his death, and oh, like Tupac. Yes, but. Not in a he disappeared, in a he faked his death and here he is right here. He's living in the cave now. You can come talk to him. Come talk to oh, Jesse what James. What the fuck? Okay. Wait, wait, he's still there? No, he died in like 1951. Uh, oh, but of course. Yes. Yeah. Noted World War II veteran, Jesse James. <laughs> yes. Uh, he basically this old man uh, who his name was J. Frank Dalton. He also claimed to be a former lawman that was named Frank Dalton, who uh, was well known at the time. But uh, after hearing the uh, the claim, like hearing these claims, he basically went and lived in Merrimack Caverns claiming to be Jesse James. They had a fucking hospital bed in there for him. Like it's how fuck this man <laughs> just lived in a cave. Uh, they have a they have a little shack that's called Jesse James's hideout. They're like, this is where this is where the old man this is where old man Jesse lived um, his, his final days. It's like, and the source in this, I assume, is that old man who made a living doing this. Yes, and in in the the crazy how that works in the Jesse in the yeah. Jesse James Wax Museum too. They're just like, look, you can see they they do that thing where they they anamorph like young Jesse James into the old Jesse James. <laughs> but you're like, why did his ears and nose get so big suddenly? Like, what is this? Jesse James anamorphing into an eagle. <laughs> I like that book better. <laughs> um, 
so the the guy the people who own Merrimack Caverns were just like because people kept being like this is absolutely not Jesse James he was killed uh, and he's just like well I will give ten thousand dollars to anybody who can prove to me that this is not Jesse James so the um, the descendants of Jesse James were like fine they exhumed the body they're like here's the evidence that we have here's the you know the the gunshot um, that that one that gunshot that um, that nearly killed him. Uh, that ball was still in him. They're like, here's the finger that he blew off. Here's the other, you know, time he got shot. Here's his skull with a ho- with a fucking hole in oh, it. And I was gonna ask, did this guy blow a finger off to to like? Because that would be commitment to the for pit, like yeah. method acting, right? He everybody knew that Jesse James is missing a finger. Um, no, I don't believe so. Um, I, oh, that's that that is a cop out. It, it really was. Uh, and, and I gotta say, it's been a while since I've been there, so I don't know uh, if they. Uh, how they address that because the the muse the wax museum is very in depth with this conspiracy uh but they also say that you're not allowed to take any pictures or take any information out of there because like obviously there's some fucked up mystique that they're trying to hold on to uh but yeah if you're ever in missouri in the st louis area find um merrimack caverns uh and you'll find the the jesse james wax museum which is the as we call it the jesse james is alive museum i absolutely want to go there I want to go there so bad now. It's 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 incredible. Um, and caves all over Missouri, like, will will claim some kind of Jesse James something. Like everybody loves to just be like, "Oh, the James Gang came here because it connects them like with Missouri history." But it's like you're just a fucking cave. Like, you Wait, do they all have an old guy living in them? Sadly, no. Um, <sighs> gotta commit, man. There's a lot of there are a lot of caves that um like the there's one called the Smallin Civil War Cave. And it's a it's a it's a cave that is has a massive like opening. So it's been used by like, you know, natives. It's been used by the, you know, the the locals as just like a gathering place. It's got a nice little creek inside of it and everything. But also a lot of these places were used because one, there are sources of fresh water and two, there are sources of fresh bat shit because you can use bat guano to make gunpowder. Um, I don't know how, but apparently that is a thing. Someone is going to blow their fucking fingers off trying to craft, like, get their crafting skill up high enough yeah. where they can turn bat shit into, into explosives. Some Somebody figured it out. And, you know, it's it's that just that 1800s uh, technology of, of figuring some shit out. So this is fucking cheating. I wish I knew how to do stuff like that. I don't even, I don't even know how to, like, change my own oil in my car. But these guys are making fucking gunpowder out of bat shit. Um. So just to cap it all off, um, so the relatives of Jesse James presented the evidence. The guy didn't pay up. They took him to court. The court said he had to pay up. And uh, he managed to die in 1977 without ever paying. So Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> he rounded that grift out strong. <laughs> all the way to the end. And uh, that grift still goes strong today. There's um, the, the old man is not there anymore because obviously you can't you know get away with like, here's 180-year-old Jesse James. But... Uh, at least you can still. They should have tried, though. They should yeah, have tried. tried. You know, they ran that grift until like 1951. They ran it into the ground as best they could through two wars. Who's running the museum now? Like, is it? I assume it's the old guy's family. No, it's still the. It's the. There are there are Missourian people who just own Merrimack Caverns. They're the ones who created the Jesse. They're the ones who like really helped keep the Jesse James like mythos going in Missouri by being like Jesse James came here to you know split up their gold after uh, after a bank robbery and you know we had him living here like they're so like you know 
I guess, deep inside of it that they can't really let it go. But it's not owned by the old man. The old man was just like an old man who was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll be Jesse James in the cave, I he guess. He just wanders into the cave one day. Hey, old man, do you want a job? I don't know how they managed to figure it out. I don't know how they managed to strike a deal or what the man got paid. I hope it was handsomely. Um, and not just a hospital. I assume not. He lived in a cave. I mean, it's a pretty nice cave, though. They had they had like ballroom dances <laughs> in that cave. So that's uh, fair enough. It's it's a nice cave. You know, you can't uh, you can't uh, if you're a lonely old man and you just want to talk to people. Pretending to be Jesse James might be you know the the way not that a bad you bad way to do it. I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's <sighs> it's that. God, it's or, depressing now. It's that or constantly going to the bank uh, to to talk to the tellers because they have to talk to you. Or you could always go and be Jesse James and go to the bank and rob them. Yeah. I don't know if I can legally leave that in. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Now you have to talk to me. I have your attention. Uh, Francis, uh, thanks. That was actually like, I don't know shit about Jesse James other than like, I assume the same stuff that most people have picked up over the years. And I didn't know that he was like a fucking Civil War veteran. I didn't know any of that stuff. Um, yeah, he's a veteran really just like you and me, Joe. Yeah, and I actually, you know, th- those are the the three ways that you can become a veteran. You can start a coffee company, start a podcast, or become a <laughs> terrorist bank robber. Veteran parentheses the bad kinds. Yeah, to, that that's yeah, that's what you do afterwards. Now, uh, gentlemen, we have a thing on the show called Questions from the Legion, um, where if you donate to the show, you can ask us a question that is largely dumb uh and you just want to hear our, our stupid stories or opinions on things that we can answer in about three minutes a piece uh so yeah you could donate to the show ask us in patreon dms or uh, i don't know load it into a revolver put it into your large trench coat and then uh, uh d- confront one of us on the street with it <laughs> please do not do that one. please do not do it like, this is a, the the legal uh warning please do not confront us on the street with a handgun uh, because I might have one too, and my handgun is probably better than whatever Navy Colt revolver that you're cosplaying with. <laughs> hey, it's about the aesthetic. Um, so uh, this question of the Legion is: uh, Tell me a very bad cooking story that you have. And I have one that jumps to mind immediately because my family still doesn't let me forget it, despite the fact that it's been like 20 years. Um, so I like I've joked over the years that like. I pretty much was left alone because uh, my mom worked like several jobs and like I had to pretty much babysit myself, which also meant I had to cook for myself from time to time. But the problem was I couldn't cook. Uh, so one time I wanted to make soup and I didn't know exactly how to make soup. I didn't know what base was. I didn't know what stock was, nothing like that. Uh, so I filled a pot with water because I assume the soup is liquid. Therefore, you make soup with water, right? Um, I then added raw vegetables and meat and I boiled it. <laughs> You're making an Irish soup. That's why. Uh, that's why Grandma's cooking. Yeah, uh, but there's no. But it was like you know. I I don't know what kind of meat it was. It wasn't stuff you'd put in a, in soup. I didn't make soup. I don't know what it was, but it made me sick. I did do that. <laughs> <laughs> and like, my mom came home from work like very very late and asked me what happened. Why the kitchen was a mess. And I told her. And like to this, I am 33 at the time of recording. This had to have happened when I was nine or ten years old. I still hear about it every family function. <laughs> I'm actually a halfway decent cook, but um, one time I did, uh, when I was younger, I was cooking myself a grilled cheese sandwich, and uh, it was an electric range and a cast iron stove, and it was right next to the sink, so I had like my hand on the handle of the cast iron, which is just one basically one piece of metal, um, and then I, put my, I rested my other hand uh, on the sink, 
and there was a bit of water there, and uh, apparently I completed a circuit, and <laughs> which ended up throwing me um, about three feet in the air and about three feet backwards. Um, thankfully, not with the cast iron in my in my hands. I did not. I didn't. I didn't. You know, uh, punch myself in the face or uh, manage to you know kill myself. But uh, I learned to not do that um, and to always keep my kitchen uh, dry. And it's something I do today. I never thought about that before, but I'm going to do nothing but think about that next time I use a cast iron. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, I cook with nothing but cast iron at the moment, and uh, thank God I have a gas range now. Oh, fancy boy. Yeah. <laughs> cast iron pan is like $5 at Walmart. Right, and also, like, I didn't even buy it. It was, like, given to me because cast iron lasts forever. Yeah. It's like getting a hand-me-down bowl from a friend. You can just keep scraping it and using it. It's fine. What about you, Liam? You do any cooking? Let's see. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm now 29. This happened when I was 18, maybe 19. I think I was a sophomore in college. And I had bought, I, I had no money because I was a sophomore in college. And I had bought from our local grocery store what I could describe charitably as a log of 70-30 ground beef. Okay. And had forgotten about it. And then I eventually put it in the freezer and I got it out to make something I've long since forgotten. Uh, the beef had had, and I should have known this at the time, had probably expired. Uh, this was the weekend of St. Patrick's Day. So I drank on food poisoning <laughs> and I made it four or five beers in before I became the most violently ill I've ever <laughs> been in my life. I've had dysentery and this sounds worse. Yeah, I was just throwing up and shitting and like <laughs> miserable. Like I, I collapsed on the three walk block home, a three block walk home. I, I like collapsed to the ground, and my ex girlfriend had to like limp me home, and I was just like, and she was like, "Well, you were still like you like I was delirious. Like I wasn't even drunk. I was just like delirious, and apparently like not making any sense, but like." walking in a straight line and she was like, I had to put my arm under you and be like, thank you so much for getting me home. And I had like no recollection of this. Like, I mean, that's the best way is, yeah. is if, if you do something like that, you just do not remember it. So you can pretend it never existed. So I was like, did I black out? I was like, I don't think so. Cause I remember like most, I remember most of the evening except for like the immediate aftermath of throwing up. I don't remember, but yeah, it was, it was. I wouldn't recommend it. So check your expiration dates is what I'm saying. So this is an official podcast uh, uh, recipe now. Four-day-old meat and beer. Um, and then just mix it all together. Uh, gentlemen, thank you uh, for joining me. Um, this, this is great. Uh, I, it is always nice to not have to research an episode, um, even though I've done it twice in almost four years. Um that's nice. Nice little treat for Joe. I was nervous about this because like, you know, my my podcast is very just like, yeah, just whatever. Let's watch a movie and talk about it. And like yours is like serious ish, like not serious, but, you know, like you, t- you take it serious. serious yeah, you got you to gotta yeah, kind of work at it. Ours is. The, the lines led by donkeys podcast where the research is serious, but we are not. Exactly. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I'm specifically looking for funny things like, you know, um, how a Pinkerton just shows up dead after being like, yeah, I, I got him. I, I can take him. And then he just is found dead in a ditch. Yeah, the Pinkerton shape of hubris. I love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, I don't know, I guess I, I could say you did a great job, but I guess the audience will be the judge of that. <laughs> um, 
we'll see, but, we'll see yeah, how much they, of the dog yelling gets uh, left in. uh but again thanks everybody uh thank you for supporting the show and listening uh and until next time don't have children load your revolvers